Good morning, Lyft. On Thursday, Peter asked me, do I have something to share with you on Sunday morning? So my first thought was, too short notice. Thursday, seriously, you have to ask me at least a week before. So I said to him, I didn't. I had nothing in my mind that I thought God wanted me to share with you. And I had just gotten a new book, and I was planning to spend Saturday sitting in the sun and reading my new book. So Thursday night, I go to sleep with a clear conscience, and I have a dream that I am standing here on Sunday morning in front of you, speaking to you about joy. And I even got some of the things that I needed to say. So I woke up on Friday morning and I said, Peter, I'm on. And I haven't opened my new book yet. So I am here this morning under such conviction that I need to be here. We've been in this church for coming up on eight years now and I've always loved this church. It's very precious lift. But over the last two weeks, I have gotten a deeper appreciation for this church. Um, in the last two weeks, we have met with a Russian couple, we've met with a French couple, we've sat with a Dutch couple, we've had dinner with a South African couple. Last night, we went out with one of our Swiss neighbors. The richness of having this amount of nations together that we get to know and fellowship with is a gift. It's such a gift. I know that I am all the more richer for it because I'm mixing with many different nationalities and becoming friends with people of such different cultures. If you have a look at that verse on the wall, it says, all the nations you made will come and praise your holy name. All the nations. I think that's speaking about heaven, actually, because in heaven, we're gonna have every tribe, every nation, every tongue. We're gonna have such a smorgasbord of nationalities worshiping the king. But what we get to experience here in this church is a little bit of heaven. Isn't that amazing? This morning, we've got to worship with so many nations, and it's like a little taste of heaven. And so I am just loving being part of Lyft at the moment. And I wanna encourage you to mix with the other nationalities. It's hard work when we sit with people of other nations. It's not as easy as sitting with someone from your own nation. You have to concentrate more because of the language barrier. Sometimes your sense of humor is not the same. I find when I get back from those times, I'm tired, I'm mentally tired because I've really had to concentrate, but I am so much more richer for doing it. I think I'm a changed person by just mixing with other nationalities, and it's been so, so special and is so special. But I wanna tell you about a conversation I had with a lady from a different nation that was probably one of my highlights of the eight years. And um, I had just met her, and she was telling me a little bit about her upbringing, how she was brought up under the communist regime, and how um, the Orthodox Church in her nation was what she grew up with. And she said this to me, she said, in our nation we are taught by the Orthodox Church and in the school that we shouldn't show much joy on our face because life is hard in this nation. So we walk around serious, 
and we walk around with a sadness because life is really difficult growing up in this nation. And I got a better understanding of that particular group of people because I realized from when she comes. And I understood it. I could understand what she was saying. In some countries where you live, life is extremely hard. When you think of Af Afghanistan today, Iraq, Iran, if we had to live in those countries and experience what they are dealing with, we would be able to understand a little bit of what she's saying. We live in a country where it's easy to show our joy. But she was saying we are taught not to because life is hard. And she said, we believe in the afterlife, but we will only have joy then. We can't have it now. And I just thought, what an opportunity for me to tell her the good news. It was such a moment in God for me to say, can I tell you something really, really good? And I proceeded to share with her the reason I am able to smile on this earth, the reason I am able to have unbelievable joy is because of a man called Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be able to. But because of Jesus, I am able to have joy while I live on the earth now. And so I explained to her that um, before Jesus came to earth, he lived in heaven. His home was heaven. And none of us can fully imagine the unbelievable joy in heaven, the unbelievable peace in heaven, the forgiveness, the unity, the friendship. I, I don't think any of us can fully understand what's in heaven waiting for us. But Jesus left that home and he came to earth. When he came to earth, he came clothed in a human body, but he was fully God. So he brought with him the kingdom of God. He brought with him heaven. What he had experienced in heaven, Jesus brought to earth. And I want to read a verse to you. Many of you will know this, some verses found in John verse one. We'll read to verse 14. And just so you understand, the name Jesus was given to Jesus when he was born. It was his earthly name. But before, when he was in heaven, there are many other names, descriptions of him that was given. So one is the word, one is the son. He's known as life and light. And so now you'll get a better understanding of this that we're gonna read. This is John's account of Jesus. And it says this, in the beginning, was the word. What is he talking about? Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So we can read that in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Next one. Through him all things were made, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, 
so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world does not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, to the Israelites, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. I hope you get a picture through reading that of how Jesus left heaven and all that he experienced in heaven, clothed himself in the human form and came to earth, but he was fully God. He brought the kingdom of God with him when he came to earth. God himself made his dwelling among men. And in doing so, he made it possible for those of us who believe to experience some of the kingdom of God. When our lives are connected to Jesus, we get to experience some of the kingdom of God. It's not just for later when we get to heaven, we get to experience it here, and that is good news. You know, John the Baptist, he came before Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus, and this is what John the Baptist said to all the people. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. He said, it's coming. The kingdom of God is coming, it's near. And then Jesus arrived, and when he started to preach, this is what Jesus said many times in the New Testament. He walked around and he said these words. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. If something is at hand, it means it's within our reach. This glass of water, is at hand, it's within my reach. And so I can partake of it, it's at hand. Jesus said, I'm here, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's now within the reach of people. When we read the New Testament, we read about all the miracles that Jesus did. We read about blind eyes being opened. We read about paralyzed people picking up their mat and walking. We see stories of people with leprosy being healed. Do you know what was happening every time Jesus did a miracle? The kingdom of God was touching earth. Through Jesus' obedience, and praying for those people, the kingdom of God, what was in heaven, was touching earth and creating a change within people's lives. The kingdom of God is at hand, he kept saying to people. And that's why he did all these amazing miracles. But it wasn't just for those days, it's also for now. I experienced the kingdom of God touching my life when I was 27. Um, 
I had just given birth to our second son, Christopher, and in the birth, I'd lost a lot of blood. And so my gynecologist wanted to give me several blood transfusions. And at that time in South Africa, he said to us, I'm very wary to give you the blood transfusions because the blood wasn't being properly tested. And he said, if it was up to me, I would say to you, don't have the blood transfusions, but let your body repair your blood cells naturally, but it's gonna take time. It's gonna take a couple of months for your energy, your blood cells to come back to its full potential. And I had no energy. I couldn't even lift my arm in hospital. And so our gynecologist said to Piet, take her home, but get her help. She's not gonna be able to do anything with Ryan who was two and Christopher as a baby, so get her help. And in time, her body will build up her blood cells and she'll be fine, but it's gonna take a couple of months. So that's what we decided to do. But, but the church was praying. Our church was praying. And ladies and gentlemen, within two days, my blood cells had rejuvenated themselves. And I can remember Dr. Parks, my gynecologist, he said this to us, he said, there is something else at work here. He said, I don't understand it, I've tested it, and you're back to normal. He said, it's happened way quicker than what it should have. And I went home, we didn't have to get any help, and I was absolutely fine. The kingdom of God broke through and touched my life and changed something physically in me. I've experienced that. I remember in, the, in a ladies' meeting here many years ago, we had a lady who was really depressed and had been depressed for many years. And as a bunch of ladies, we just got around her and we prayed for her. She said she felt something lift off of her. In that moment, the kingdom of God touched her life and changed something. She was able to experience a little bit of heaven. Let me illustrate it this way. I think all of you will understand this. When we go back home, wherever home is for you, many of us will take gifts to our families and friends from Switzerland because we want them to experience Switzerland. So whenever I go back to South Africa, my suitcase is full of Swiss gifts because for many of my family and friends in South Africa, they've never been to Switzerland. They don't know what it's like here. So I take things from Switzerland to give them a little bit of taste of Switzerland. In my suitcase is always Swiss chocolates. I have taken storybooks of Heidi. I have taken a cowbell. I want them to experience what that's like to hear it. I've taken a cowbell. I've even taken the tubes that you buy of mayonnaise and mustard because that's a novelty. We get our mayonnaise and mustard in a jar, a glass jar in South Africa. I want them to squeeze a tube and, and see what comes out. So we take a whole lot of Swiss things back for them to experience it. I've got a crazy friend here, and she even took jars, empty jars that she had sealed back to her family back in South Africa and told them that she was bringing them some Swiss air. She wanted them to experience something, maybe her money ran out, but she wanted them to experience something of Switzerland. That's what we do. Now, maybe some of my friends and family will visit Switzerland one day and they'll get the full experience of it. 
they'll breathe the air, they'll hear the cows, they'll walk on the grass. But for now, all they've got from me is little tastes of Switzerland. Jesus came from heaven to earth, and those of us who believe in him get to experience some of the things of heaven that one day we're gonna live in the fullness of. How exciting is that? All of you, most of you, will know the Lord's Prayer. It says this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That verse sums up what I'm talking about this morning. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So every time we pray for someone here on earth, we are asking that God's will in heaven will affect them on earth. Every time we pray for someone, we are bridging the gap between heaven and earth because that's what Jesus did. He bridged the gap between us and our Father. And we are now able to access some of the things in heaven and bring it down onto earth and change people's lives. So what we were saying to this lady who said, I cannot show joy on earth now. It will only be in the afterlife. We were able, we were able to say to her, through Jesus, we can have joy here. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances. I've been reading Cory Tim Boom's book again. She was a Dutch lady who was in Ravensburg concentration camp. And um, I've been reading her book, she was a Christian. And she says, when asked how she got through that, she says, the joy of the Lord was my strength. Whew. She watched her sister die in that concentration camp. And she says, the joy of the Lord was my strength. She was able to take what was in heaven and appropriate it into her life in a concentration camp and find joy in the Lord. So I wanna speak to you in the next 10 minutes about joy, because that's what the dream was, speaking to you about joy. How can we fully experience this joy that God has opened up for us to experience here on earth? There are many things on earth, earthly things, that bring me joy. Wonderful things. I get joy from drinking a cup of coffee. Coffee brings me joy. Not happiness, it brings me joy. I love coffee. I get joy from sitting around a table with friends and eating food. That's real joy, not just happiness, it's joy. I get joy from visiting family when I haven't seen them for a long time. That's real joy. Many things on earth give us joy. There's joy in seeing your children do well. Joy we can experience here on earth. Many other things will bring you joy. Those are some of the things that bring me joy. But I know that those things that I've mentioned, even though they bring me joy, they're temporary. They can go at any minute. My coffee our coffee machine broke two weeks ago. Joy, gone, boom. What do I do? Oh no, what am I gonna do in the morning? Tea doesn't do it, a coffee does it. It was like in an instant, boom, gone. So temporary. Those things are temporary things. There is a joy that we can have that's permanent, 
and it comes from knowing Jesus. If you want a permanent joy, if you want a deep joy, you have to connect with the one who came from heaven and brought it with him. His name is Jesus. Jesus, our relationship with Jesus gives us a deep, everlasting joy that will never be taken away. It's a joy that Corrie ten Boom had in the concentration camp. It's a joy that's sustaining, and it's a joy that will give you strength. I truly believe we are going to need strength in the days to come. And the Lord says, the, my joy, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. We need joy, and it's possible to have that joy through our relationship with Jesus. So can we put up the verse found in John 15? I want to give you three quick things that will enable you to remain in joy. Because sometimes we lose our joy. Sometimes it leaks. Sometimes something happens, the joy is gone. These three things will help you to remain in the joy of the Lord. And I was just reading this the other day. I saw it and I went, wow, Lord, thank you. And this is one of the things in my dream that I felt to share with you. John 15 says this. So Jesus is speaking and he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy will be complete. So he's saying there are some things within these couple of verses that will enable you to keep the joy. So if you go back to the first verse, thanks Mark, it says here, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. When we remain in Jesus, when we keep our relationship with Jesus fresh and new and personal, we are remaining in his love. When we have an ongoing relationship with Jesus, his joy becomes our joy. I want to encourage you to keep your relationship with Jesus fresh and keep it firsthand, not secondhand. You can't have a relationship with Jesus by just coming here on a Sunday. It has to be yours on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday. It has to be firsthand. You have to have a relationship with Jesus if you want to experience this joy that I'm talking about. Coupled with that, Remaining in God's love, remaining in Jesus is also being part of this. I know this is a big part to me remaining in Jesus, is being part of a local church and regularly being part of what's happening here. Often, I will walk in here feeling one way and I leave feeling so much better. What has happened? I've just mixed with the people of God and something has rubbed off on me. Something of the joy of God has come from heaven and broken in, and I leave better than when I came in. It happens almost every time. Something about the people of God helps us to remain in his love. So keep your relationship with Jesus fresh. Keep your relationship with the church fresh. It's worth getting the test every Sunday morning if you're not vaccinated. 
What a small price to pay for keeping in the love of Jesus. So that's number one, remain in Jesus. Number two, it says, keep going, Mark. Now remain in my love. This is one, back one. If you keep my commandments, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Sure, I didn't expect that one when I read, read it. Jesus is saying, if you want my joy, keep my commands. As simple as that. If you want my joy, live in this word. Practice this word. Do what this word says and you will experience the unbelievable joy of Jesus. On a Friday morning for the last, I would say, six months in ladies' meeting on a Friday, um, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs and we've been looking at some really interesting ones. So ones like... If you get involved in an argument that's not your own, it's like taking a stray dog by its ears. What's gonna happen? You're gonna get bitten. If you get involved in an argument not your own, it's like taking a stray dog by its ears. So we looked at that, and every week I say to the ladies, ladies, are you putting that into practice? Are you actually doing what we are looking at? Or are you getting involved in other people's arguments? Are you putting it into practice? We looked at another one. The husbands will love this one. It says, it is better to live in the corner of an attic than to live with a nagging wife. (laughs) How amazing is that? So we really looked at that. And the next week I said to the ladies, are you doing it? Are you actually putting it into practice or are you still nagging? because it means nothing if we don't put it into practice. And I think it's working. Husbands, is it working? Yes. <laughs> we gotta put the word of God into practice. This is just words unless we put it into practice. And this is telling us this morning that if we put it into practice, we experience the joy of God. We looked at another one that says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's will that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So what does that mean? We need to be bringing God into our plans all the time, all the time. Are we doing it? Are we forgiving our enemies? Are we obeying our earthly authorities? Are we honoring our bosses? We can look at all of the things, the practical things and go, Are we doing it? If you want to experience the joy of the Lord, put it into practice. Corey ten Boom said, I forgave my enemies. Sure. She actually put it into practice. That's why she says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. She could say that because she put the word of God into practice. I want to encourage you to do that. Every Sunday... A good thing to do every Sunday when you walk out of here is sometime in the afternoon sit and go, what am I going to put into practice from what I heard? Because it's so easy to forget. When someone asks us on Thursday, oh, what was the sermon about on Sunday? We go, oh, I'm not too sure. So much has happened. Ask yourself, what can I put into practice? One thing. Don't take more than one thing, otherwise you don't do it. One thing. 
What can I put into practice? And then do it and see the joy of the Lord come into your life. And then number three, if you can keep going, keep going. Told you this. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Is there another one or does it end there? Oh, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. When you read that, you get a sense of someone who just lays down his life for others. Do you know where God's joy comes from? It's when we lay down our lives for others. When we no longer make ourselves number one and we just say, Lord, use me for the sake of others. We lay down our own interests, we lay down our own wants, and you would think the opposite would, would be true. You think that if we said, I'm gonna look after my own interests, I'm gonna make sure that I am properly cared for and have everything I want, you think that's where joy would come from. But it doesn't. Jesus says, lay down your life and you will experience joy. For God so gave, for God so loved the world that he gave. He laid down his life. Jesus laid down his life. When we lay down our lives for others, when we live for the service of others, that's when we really experience the joy of the Lord. I want to end with this, something just interesting. We are told in Proverbs that joy, the joy of the Lord, has an impact on our health, on our physical bodies. These verses say this, I'll read you one. A happy heart, a joyful heart, is as good as medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Joyfulness can affect our physical health. When we have a crushed spirit, our bones become dry. A whole lot of illnesses take place. But it says when we have a happy heart, when we have the joy of the Lord, it's as good as medicine. Amazing. So I read an article the other day of a study that was done on what joy and laughter does for the human body. It's a worldly study, it's not a Christian study. Someone out there decided, let me check on the benefits that a person has when there's joy and laughter, because laughter is a byproduct of joy. Joy and laughter. I just love it when the world finally catches up to the word of God. Don't you? It's like, they discover this now, but oh my word, Proverbs was written way back. You're just catching up with the wisdom of God. And so this is what this um, article says. Joy and laughter relaxes the whole body. A good hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes after. Isn't that amazing? Joy and laughter boost the immune system. Laughter decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, thus improving your resistance to disease. A happy heart is as good as medicine. Laughter triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals. Endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being and can evenly 
even temporarily relieve pain. A cheerful heart is as good as medicine. Laughter protects the heart. Laughter improves the function of blood vessels and increased blood flow, which can help protect you against a heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. This is my favorite. Laughter burns calories. How cool is that? See, so, okay, so it's not a replacement for going to the gym. But one study found that laughing for 10 to 15 minutes a day can burn approximately 40 calories. I have a problem with the 40 calories. It should be 400, seriously, if you're going to laugh for that long, but I'll take the 40, which could be enough to lose three or four pounds over the course of a year. <laughs> so let's laugh more. Laughter lightens anger's heavy load. Nothing diffuses anger and conflict faster than a shared laugh. Looking at the funny side can put problems into perspective and enable you to move from confrontations without holding on to bitterness or resentment, which dries up the bones. Laughter may even help you to live longer. A study in Norway found that people with a strong sense of humor outlived those who didn't laugh as much. The difference was particularly noticeable for those battling with cancer. Such an interesting worldly study that just reinforces what God is saying to us. He wants to give us joy, not temporary joy, but joy of the Lord. So I've told you this morning a little bit of what Piet's been saying actually the last two weeks. I hope you've picked that up. Piet's been preaching and he's been saying to us, what do we do when we lose strength? The joy of the Lord is your strength, will give you strength. Piet's been speaking about how God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, but we need to appropriate it. We need to make it personal. Exactly what I'm sharing with you this morning. So what are you needing today? For those of you who may not know Jesus and you need salvation, I want to just say to you that salvation is at hand. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Salvation is at hand this morning. Forgiveness is at hand. All of us need forgiveness. And I found with life, it can sometimes cause us to take paths that we didn't really want to take. And we've got to find our way back. And to find our way back, we need forgiveness. We need repentance and forgiveness. That is at hand this morning. It's right here for whoever needs that. You might be needing peace. You might be needing joy. Whatever it is you're needing, I think what I'm trying to say to you is that it's at hand. Because of Jesus, he's made it possible for us to experience the kingdom of God. You know what has been so beautiful? That lady I spoke to four months ago who said, I can't experience joy here on earth. She has been on a process of finding Jesus. It's been the most beautiful thing to watch. And you know what I see on her face now is joy. I just love that. If you knew who I was speaking about, you would go, yes. She's, she's got joy on her countenance. Something has changed. 
just because she's starting to find Jesus and walk with him. It's real. And that is so beautiful. The kingdom of God breaks into cultures and changes them. Doesn't matter what we taught from what we, when we're younger, what our family has said over us. When the kingdom of God comes in, it changes something. And this lady is walking with a countenance of joy on her face, the most beautiful thing. I would love to pray. Jesus, we are so aware of you this morning. And we just want to come before you and we want to just bring our thanks to you, Jesus. We cannot imagine what it would have taken for you to leave heaven and to come to earth, to clothe yourself in flesh so that you could bring salvation to us. I, I don't know what that would have taken, Lord. And then to go through what you did on the cross for us. We just wanna come before you, Jesus, and say thank you. Thank you for bringing the kingdom of God near. Thank you for bridging the gap between us and our heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, you are right here amongst us and you promise to fill us and to baptize us afresh with your spirit, to fill us. And I ask you to do that this morning, even as we just raise our hands to you. We just lift them up as a sign of our need of you. I pray that you would touch people this morning. I pray that the kingdom of heaven would touch earth this morning. And in different people's lives, you would do different things and you would give them what they are needing, what they are crying out for, Lord. Thank you that the kingdom of God is accessible to us as your people. We just reach out today, Lord. We, we worship you. We worship you and we know that there's a transaction taking place where you are depositing things that need to be, de be deposited in people's lives. Thank you for joy. Give us a fresh baptism of joy, real joy. Joy of the Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.